And I spread a song so you can sing along With my special guest star too For two You like to sing and dance And this podcast by chance Explores musicals for you Everyone, welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me today, continuing our conversation on maybe the best season of Crazy Ex Girlfriend, it's Ashley Evans. Woo! It is the best season. It is my favorite season, and I love it so much. And thank you so much for having me back. Well, so you said last episode that you loved all of the songs in this every season. single song every song no skips swear to god even my sperm is healthy um i have to be in a mood but honestly no <laughs> uh, no 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 no. we're not doing gray we're doing a black and white this is a black and white question then i say yes uh, because damn. the writing in that song is so good like if you look at the lyrics of my sperm is healthy and then you just listen to Pete Gardner chew the fuck out of them. It's so good. I love Pete. And also, when they did a live show, because um, I've seen like them do the live tour, one of the times that they did My Sperm is Healthy, Pete Gardner brought his sons on stage in the sperm costumes, and they looked so upset, but everybody was loving it, and it was so funny. And like Pete Gardner is hamming it up because he's incredible, but like they're just like, oh my god, Dad, I'm dressed as a giant sperm on the stage, and they were just like awkwardly. <laughs> it was so good. So I think that made me like the song more than I did initially when I heard it. I have to say though, one song that kind of sneaks up on you the first time I watched. Well, sorry. One of the, the one of the songs that kind of snuck up on me the first time I watched it was This Is My Movement. I mean, it definitely sneaks up on you. Yeah, because <laughs> it took me a, a little too long to realize what it was really about, but I feel like that was the point. Yeah. And then with the choreography of her, like, you know, crouching, like squatting. And squatting and everything, and you're like, okay. I am mad that like like a diarrhea medication commercial has not utilized parts of that song and been like, hey Gabriel, can you um can you can you can you just do what you did on the show but like to promote our medication and she'd probably I don't know what she would do, to be honest. But like it I just I was waiting for side effects to pop up in the bottom. <laughs> just like side effects may include like because the slow motion like movements and stuff look like those commercials for medications where the person is so happy go lucky but like these horrible side effects are happening. But so and this is also that episode that we've talked about at length last time mm-hmm. where they're trying to find the humor again. Of course. So we were bacon on the wrapped date. You're right. The bacon wrapped date metaphor that you keep bringing up. Um, but let's get more into the songs. There's so many this <laughs> season. Uh, one of my favorites is let's generalize about men, which is in the very first episode. It's a fucking bop. It's no question. I, I love the music video yes. that they do. I love the costumes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, Part of me, though, wishes it was just the music video, though, and not going back to reality. Yeah, that's a fair. But that's just me. I think they just do it to, to remind you that you're still watching a TV show. But, like, I could see I could see that. I think, speaking of costumes, did you notice that all of their earrings are triangles and Rebecca is wearing the blue costume? And I'm wondering if that was their way of being like, remember Math of Love Triangles the last time we generalized about men? Want to do it again? Well, and also she's wearing a blue costume in in the Love of Triangles, but also blue, I think, is her color. Mm -hmm. Because the the very first song that she sings, West Covina, she's wearing a blue Mm -hmm. dress. Mm -hmm. So there is a moment, it's in season four. But I'll talk about it now because we're talking about costuming. Sure. There's, there's a when they go to Las Vegas in season mm-hmm. four, I kind of wanted them to be wearing the same colors that they were wearing in Let's Generalize About Men. That would have been cool. 
I would have loved that. But slow motion, slow motion. I have to, I have to say though, there there are a few songs in here that I feel like are hard to watch. Like which ones? After everything you made me do that you didn't ask for. I mean, okay, so it's definitely hard to watch, um, but I think it's kind of great. I Rebecca might associate toilets with heartbreak, as she says in the song, but when this episode aired. I legitimately had to clench so hard to keep from shitting myself during the song. Like I get very verbal when I watch the show. And the first time I saw this part, she is unleashing all of these secrets right in front of not only Josh, but like a huge crowd of people. So now yes. it's out in the open. And I was like, I was screaming at the television. I'm like, Rebecca, what are you doing? Rebecca, stop. Like, and I was shut up. Holy shit. But then by the end of it, I was like, I mean, it's all out there now. What are the well, writers going to do next? Like, well, so this is another moment where the writing of the show is so smart because it's a yes. yep. reprise without really being a reprise. It's a, rep- a reprisal new song. If that it's means. a rep- reprisal new song. Yeah, because in season one, Paula sings uh, after everything I've done mm-hmm. for you that you didn't ask for. Mm-hmm. And it's her mama rose moment but this one Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like it's a mama rose moment it feels like uh i'm spiraling and her hinges are coming off yeah and yeah like you like the writing i was like what the fuck are they gonna do because now it's all out in the open but like i knew they'd be fine because they have a plan i just didn't know how i was like where are you gonna go from this how is she gonna come back from this but also like I hate to say it, but this is the type of shit I fantasize about when I have beef with people. Like, this is the kind of shit that I wish that I could do that was socially acceptable. So, like, as Rachel Bloom, as the actor, I'm sure she had a fucking blast with that because you're enacting this fantasy that you cannot do in real life. But, like, sometimes you just want to make a big public scene and embarrass somebody and make them feel real shitty. And it's not socially acceptable to do that. But this is the time that you're like, so glad I'm an actor and I can like unleash all of this. Another Meisner moment? A a Meisner moment, if you will. So like as tense as the whole scene was, I was honestly, by the end, I was like, good for her. Go off, queen. Fuck you, Josh Chan. Like, was it good that she did this? No. Did I love like that she did it? Yes. (laughs) another one that's a little it's not hard to watch it's just like i i feel like they took the joke a little too far which is miracle of birth oh i disagree but it's okay (laughs) like i understand why you say that because like i mean i get it and they're even commenting on it in the lyrics where they're like like the the words that they use to describe childbirth mm-hmm. is so visceral. The people need to know because this shit patriarchal culture that we live in glorifies like women are meant to have babies. Oh, you're not a woman if you don't have a baby. Have a baby. And Paul is like, oh, women are blessed with the ability to have babies. Let me tell you exactly how it goes. And like, the fact that she's still got that like blissed look on her face and everyone else is horrified is like like Hector is perfect. Oh my god. Hector is dying in the Hector. back. And then I think what seals the deal for me with this song being hilarious is the part of the song where the luminary child walks into the the doctor room and delivers the placenta to Heather and she's just horrified. Like that sent me and i think honestly that's this song is a perfect example of when the show does something where it's like hilarious hilarious but it's that bacon wrapped date so it's that bacon that funny around that really dark interior and that dark truth it's like childbirth is disgusting but like let's make this digestible by making it funny and then we can get people talking about it and maybe i don't know have some straight guys be a little bit more aware of like what women have to go through or not even women vagina owners have to go through when they give birth and that it is not beautiful in like in actuality it's it's the idea maybe but like it's disgusting and maybe i don't know appreciate their wives more 
And then five years later, it's on a podcast that talks about musicals. There you go. <laughs> We're you go. still talking about it. Um, Wives, spouses, anyone. Sorry, I'm being very binary with my language. It's okay. But... The show is also being binary with the language because, I mean, that's what it was. At the, that, that's what at it the is time. in the show. In the show, I mean, like it's one woman talking to another woman about it. So obviously, from her experience, her perspective, yeah, use the she/her uh, language. Uh, For sure. But I, I mean, I'm looking again at the list, and there's, I mean, those are really the only ones that I'm just like, I don't think I could listen to them outside. Um, maybe also my sperm is healthy. I just because it's just it's. It's such a visual joke, but also like I'm like Daryl. See, so you don't like sperm or vaginas, and that's okay. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you for you're twisting my words. I'm kidding. Uh, I honestly, I would say that about the poop song. Like that's the one that I'm kind of like. I mean, she sounds great, so I'll listen to it. But like, this there's too much poop mood. imagery. <laughs> That she says trickle and I went like, <laughs> but she sings it so beautifully, which is why it's so funny. It's that juxtaposed humor oh. with reality and that gut punch line at the end in so many of these songs, like in Let's Generalize About Men. It's it's a great song. They're like, your sons are gonna be rapists. <laughs> and like, it's just left to sit there for you to be like, wait, what? Is like also going off on a different song right now i go to the zoo is that a reference to another hotline bling you what hotline bling what is that i'm in a hotline bling that can only mean one thing it's a drake song got it oh but i love nathaniel i am a simp for nathaniel um i go to the zoo that one that one i just felt like was also out of left field oh but i am here for that i'm here for it i only listen to the explicit version of the song because there's nothing like a hot woman being in your car and the hot man going get the fuck out then i go to the zoo in san diego or like being really pissed that susan isn't at the zoo and being what the fuck happened to Susan? The the uncensored like, the uncensored version I listen to is fuck fuck ton of cats because I fucking love fuck ton of cats. It is uh if I, I was like I keep saying if I wasn't allergic to cats I this would be me. This would be my life. But I, I I knit. I don't crochet. Uh, she starts the song crocheting. I don't. Yeah. I knit and I I I would have fuck ton of cats because I am a <laughs> I'm a sad lady. Aww. The Sad Lady Cat Store. <laughs> John, do you want to hold hands and walk out of the store and talk about our not cats together? Yes, let's do like that. Like they do on the show? Because I would do that with you. Uh, if I wasn't allergic, same. So like, I can relate. <laughs> and I love cats. And I can interact with cats, but like in my house, I my allergies would be really bad. But in the zoo, it's funny because we're talking about the animal songs. Um, if someone asked me what song was integral into like humanizing Nathaniel, they might say fit hot guys have problems too, is that song. But I think it's the song about the zoo because there's nothing more hilarious than like a serious lawyer type singing about not fucking with no zebras. Like, I'm like, ah, can we get married? Yeah. But I feel like fit hot guys is just talking about toxic masculinity. So Do I don't like... I don't think it's just Nathaniel. I think it's them talking about men, period. End of sentence. Men, period. I I think I need more White Josh and Nathaniel in scenes together. And this the scene where they first like start talking about fitness is hilarious. Cause like they both order fries and you know they wanted fries, but then they like the two fit guys see each other hating fries and they're embarrassed about it and they're like what and josh goes i ordered celery the service here is whack like it's so good and this just carry like one of those other strengths of the shows is that they 
do not hesitate to throw together characters that haven't interacted before and it always works yes so and like it it naturally happens though yeah it feels yeah it's very organic and it's like but it would make sense because they're both really into fitness and their bodies like to an extent that like the rest of their friends are not so it makes sense that they would be friends and then the scene i know it's not a song but the scene where they're working out in nathaniel's home gym and they're motivating each other by being nasty to each other and like calling each other like fat is hilarious to me because like that is a toxic part of diet and exercise culture but to watch two ripped dudes shitting on each other about their own body is so funny to me and then it carries into fit hot guys have problems too and i mean i'm not gonna lie i did objectify them with my female gaze like i was like yes please And another, like, again, I've been to a bunch of the live shows, and during one of the live shows when they did Fit Hot Guys Have Problems too, they they ripped their pants off, like, on the show, and they had the little underwear on, but then I think Josh was doing something else, so he wasn't in the song, like, he is on the show, so Daryl comes out in Josh's fireman stripper outfit, and it's hilarious, and he's like, this middle-aged man who just like fit hog guys have problems too he's in shape though i've seen the videos he is honestly but he always commits to the bit yeah pete gardner he's so great can we jump now to the first penis i saw oh it's so good it's so good i love it it's abba i love it i love that they finally did abba Mm -hmm, mm because they've done every other They've done a lot of other artists, a lot of other genres, a lot of mm-hmm. other references, but like, I'm so happy that they used Abba to for Paula to talk about the for her first, you know, time having sex. My favorite line of the entire song is "Quick, bell on the turntable." Every time I watch this, because I do watch this video alone, like a YouTube video alone. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, outside of the show and everything, the amount of time and money put into all the set decoration, mm-hmm. where it's all the all the, like the grocery products that say Jeff on them, I'm like, yeah, this must have taken some poor intern like mm-hmm. three days just to cut out all those shapes. <laughs> well, I and initially I was gonna be like, I give this song a flat because. Not the song. The song is a, is a fucking sharp. But I give the, the filming of this song a flat because they say they're in Buffalo and they didn't film it at Wegmans. But then they transition into all of the products having Jeff's name. And I'm like, Wegmans would not have allowed that. Wegmans would have been like, yeah, you're not taking all this stuff off our shelves and putting Jeff on it. So I'm like, I take my flat away and it becomes a super sharp because that, that detail... Like you said, it must have taken some poor intern like days to label everything. Well, and but it's all 2D, so it looks like it's they. I, I don't even know how they did it, and it's mm-hmm. but it's so fascinating and it's so perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like it. It's great that like the language of the uh, of the songs that the show presents to us is that they're obviously in imaginary they're not real Mm -hmm. it's not happening so like Mm -hmm. so like let's do a music video of let's generalize about men where they're in a hair salon 80s hair salon or let's do the first uh 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 first penis i saw there is no the i'm really bad at myself um (laughs) let's let's do first penis i saw set in a grocery store where all the products turn into the guy's name yeah i I love it. Horny Angry Tango. Like, mm, okay. Ooh. That song makes me horny. Well, I was going to say, like, that's another one where it's like, we're cutting away into this fantastical moment, but also using it as what's actually happening in the real world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where they're lawyering, but... They're lawyering. Uh, they are lawyering, but also they're like... Uh, it, it, I'm going to... To quote bring it on 
they're having cheer sex with each other, but like uh, law- lawyer sex with each other. <laughs> my favorite part, though, of that whole song is when Nathaniel has a rose in his mouth and he spits it out and goes, ow, thorns. <laughs> I also appreciate Trent's songs that happen because Trent's songs Trent is so funny. He sings the season two theme song but it's switched to I'm just a boy in love. And then he, he reprised it's the third reprise of period sex where I'm like, okay, I don't think I need you to sing this. I don't need Trent to sing period sex, but I'm just a boy in love. I'm just a girl in love is my favorite crazy ex-girlfriend theme song. So having him circle back on that and do it like with the backup dancers, having the same energy and everything up to the blam at the it, end it's, it's all so it's good. all yeah it's shot for shot but i'm a boy in love instead of i'm just a girl in love uh what did you think though about this season's song uh you do you don't want to be crazy it grew on me through this rewatch because if i had to rank like if anybody just asked me hey rank your favorite like in order it would go two one four three uh, but now that I've rewatched this season again, it grew on me. I'm still going to keep that ranking, but it grew on me more than I thought it would. Um, and it's not even to say that the song is bad. It's just like not the one that I think of when I think of the show. What um, I like, what I like about it though, is that we get so many episodes into the season with this song. And then finally mm-hmm. it plays off that the, the tail end of her being on the toilet going, what? what? Like, <laughs> Like, it pays off later. But the editing is cool. Because you've got... It, it's for angry lady music tropes. So you've got your jilted Carrie Underwood. You've got your melancholy pop diva. You've got your angsty punk rocker. And you've got your angry rapper. And it's it's clever the way that it's edited. And they're all kind of singing to themselves. And it, it, it kind of re- represents all these different components of Rebecca's personality through, like, music personas. Because sometimes... She's melancholy. Sometimes she's yelling at people, like in it, and sometimes she's doing crazy actions, like banging, like running over cats, or in the theme song, like smashing windows. So it's like, do I you, thought that was really creative. Do you think that is also a subtle reference to her borderline personality disorder? I don't want to say yes because there's a common misconception that BPD is like multiple personality disorder. And I but don't want more, to feed into that. But m- more into the emotions that she feels. Oh yeah, not, not yeah. the. I'm not saying the the personalities, but like yeah. they were like, okay, so the emotional states that you're in, we're going to now assign it a genre of music. Yes. Yeah. No. That that checks out. Like textbook BPD is you have one personality, but it's a very large personality. Mm-hmm. So your emotions, like for a neurotypical person, an emotion is amplified times 100. And that's that's music, because they say even in musicals, when you can't say it, you sing it. And that's like how Rebecca copes in her mind. So that that would make, I could see why you, you would say that. That makes sense to me. I'm also noticing about the songs in this season, mm-hmm. to switch gears yet again, is that it seems like... Almost every episode, except for episode two and episode 12, have only two songs per episode. Well, it's very story heavy. Yes, but I feel like, I mean, they could have easily done like um, added songs here and there. To me, it works out. And I I I think so. Yeah. I don't think I missed... I missed it. Like, I was like, oh, this was a missed opportunity. Like what we got is, was great. They're all bangers. Like that's you, there's less songs, but all of them are good. So I would rather that. Right. Than just, you know, and, have. And even those two episodes that have the extra songs, like episode two, one of them is the buzzing in the bathroom, which is like mm-hmm. a blip of a song. No, but like Michael McMillan's voice is so good. No, but I I mean like time wise, it's not. Oh yeah, it, yeah. It's, that episode has I've got my head in the clouds, strip away my conscience, the buzzing oh. in the bathroom, and after everything you made me do that you didn't ask for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So like 
the latter one we've talked about, which is very important story-wise, plot-wise. I, I, I think those are like, those four songs are very important to the episode. And then episode 12 has Buttload of Cats, I'm Just a Boy in Love, Period Sex Reprise number three, and Back in Action. <laughs> period Sex Reprise number three. <laughs> That's just a fun title. It's in parentheses. Reprise three, but I feel like they focused more on dialogue and story and everything like that, which I felt was this season was more important than being a singing, dancing monkey. It's the meat. Like, this is the meat of the show. Can we talk about Where's Rebecca Bunch? Yes. So we start (laughs) this this season with the cast wondering where she is. Is this another reference that I'm not getting, though, this song itself? Or is it just supposed to be like a musical theatery slap? Oh, wait. Is it supposed to be like Kill the Beast, but not Kill the Beast? I think it's you're on the same wavelength that I was when I was taking my notes. I think it's like Belle, like the opening song in Beauty and the Beast, but angry. <laughs> Got it. Or no, worried. No, not- worried yes worried not like oh this girl is so annoying it's like where is this girl (laughs) this girl that is so quirky where is where'd she go all this happened and it's gossipy and also um white josh comes in like belting up on those high notes and i'm like where is why did we not have him sing in like earlier episodes because he's got so upset about that voice he's so so good also nathaniel in colonial garb is sexy as fuck and he's giving me these major patrick wilson as raul and phantom of the opera energies like i'm like oh please say ripped filipino again like he goes ripped filipino i'm like stop doing that with your tongue i can't i can't have these thoughts right now stop well (laughs) there's another song i want to talk about and that is this session is going to be different um which so here's the thing go ahead say what you're gonna say say what you're gonna say which I love Michael Hyatt. I Michael love Hyatt her. is incredible. I love her. I I I I love Dream Ghosts. I I love and I love this song because it's clearly referencing um maybe this time from Cabaret. Yeah. But it's just so and like I know we're talking about a therapist in a therapy session, but I feel like we can twist it and anybody can use it in their everyday life be like sure. this meeting is different be different yeah yeah i hate that she doesn't take insurance but <laughs> that's okay i mean i guess she's fictional does her husband well, I, <laughs> I wonder if dr manicopian takes insurance wouldn't that be funny that's what they call him they're like dr manicopian I wonder if he takes insurance and she doesn't, because I think that'd be a really funny bit. Um, I have I have a friend who's a therapist, though, and she takes insurance, but I did not know that insurance can be such a nightmare when you're on the provider end of it to try to arrange for things. Um, so I, I can't, I don't know Dr. Copian's life. Like, maybe this just works for her, but, like, insurance companies can be a pain in the ass. And I used to be bitter when I would try to find a therapist P.S. Everybody should go to therapy. This is not a bad thing. Go to therapy. But like insurance is a nightmare to deal with on the patient end because you want to find somebody who takes years if you don't have the money to pay for therapy. And so I would get annoyed when people were like high regard and like had good ratings, but they don't take insurance. But then I talked to my friend who is a therapist. And even though she does take insurance, she was describing how much of a nightmare it is uh, because there's all these red tape things and it's just our our country is just fucked and it's it's not the provider's fault it's the people who run these insurance companies so i can't be too mad at dr copian but i still don't like that she doesn't take insurance you know i can't remember if it was this episode or last episode but you talked about how it was last episode you talked about how like the show is so smart with its characters how it's mm-hmm. writing the characters and everything mm-hmm I feel like, though, with Dr. Acopian, Noel Acopian, not Manacopian, because mm-hmm. he, he is so on the back burner. I feel like with Dr. Acopian, 
we purposefully don't know anything about her. Yeah. Because confidentiality. Well, I mean, because it's that uh, obviously we're seeing the show through the eyes of Rebecca and everything. So Rebecca only sees her in the office. Like they didn't, they didn't do a whole episode. uh, This is the most that we see of her outside of her little therapy room or, um, you know, like the other occasions that we see her outside. But like, this is the most that we get of a backstory. You know, we see Mm -hmm. her bedroom. We see mm-hmm, her closet. Mm-hmm. We see her get mm-hmm. ready. So it's just very, I, I just thought it was just very interesting that like out of all the recurring characters, she's the one that I know the least about. And mm-hmm. I hope it was on purpose. <laughs> well, you know how there's like doctor patient confidentiality. Maybe this is audience doctor confidentiality where we, oh, we can't know about their personal lives. No. <laughs> no, like because there are people who haven't, been to therapy and like what I feel like sometimes people don't know is like therapists can't talk about their personal lives like or some maybe some of them do but like there's there are boundaries and yes what bothers me is like if I'm having a rough time but it's not like anything great like fatal you know people are like I'll call your therapist I'm like you can't just call your therapist like unless you're in an emergency like they have a life of their own you need to honor their boundary because they are doing you the favor of giving you their time when you have your session with them you can't call them every time you have a panic attack because someone sneezed on you at the laundromat like that's not something that i could call my therapist about every he probably would answer too because he's great but like you as that's your responsibility as the patient to be like this person is good to me and they help me and they respect my boundaries. I cannot bother them with every little inconvenience that I have. And I feel like it's, it's the show's way of subtly establishing that there are boundaries. And like, it's good that you pointed that out because I didn't notice that, but it makes sense that like, you don't get to know everything about Dr. Copian's life. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I zoned out for a second. Cause I was reading <laughs> something. You're like, I was bored, Ashley. <laughs> no, no, no. I was more I was more so talking like thinking ahead about what I was gonna talk about next with them. You make a great point that, you know, doctor patient confidentiality and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was reading on the Wikipedia page that there is a cut song of, Spiral? Se- of Settle for Her sung by yes. Scott Michael yep. Foster. It's beautiful. You should listen to it. Any excuse to hear Nathaniel sing is great. I wonder where it was supposed to be, though. It would be, so you know the part at the, it's in the penultimate episode of the season where, or no, maybe it's in the, whatever episode she pushes Trent off the balcony. That is the last episode. That is the last episode. So he's having the the party because Mona is moving in and you see him look over at her and the chord progressions of Settle For Me are playing instrumentally in the background, but he doesn't sing. But I caught it. I'm like, oh, that's Settle For well, Me. And that is that's what, where he would have sang it. But that's also, the show also does that in other moments where they oh, yeah. play the mm-hmm. melody line of previous songs. Yeah. Depending on the theme of what's happening. Right. So I, w- I didn't pick up on the fact that it was a cut song. I just thought it was like, oh, we should, they're going to fall in love now. Like, that's where my subconscious brain was going. Oh, I didn't know either. I just, but I listened to the soundtrack and it, it's on there. And I'm like, that's where they would have put it. Um, Ashley, is there anything else you want to talk about before we get into Sharp and Flat? Because I have a feeling it's going to yes. take- Okay, what do you want? Okay, so uh, I just want to spend a second on strip away my conscience and say that Rachel, 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 I'm trying to say Rebecca and Rachel at the same time. Rachel, Raquel, Raquel. Raquel <laughs> is so fucking sexy in this song. Like her smoky eye and like her, all of her outfit changes and the choreography. And you got those reds and those blacks again, implying mischief and danger. And Rebecca and Nathaniel have such great chemistry. And I feel like in the earlier seasons, Rebecca and Josh were children in love so that Rebecca and Nathaniel could be kinky adults in love. And I am here for it. Um, So then what about Greg Greg and Rebecca? Greg was an anger bang. So like Josh was like childhood love. Greg was like, we are two angry people who are upset with our own lives and we're, they're casual sex. But they also developed feelings for each other through that. 
Um, but it's it's interesting because it, it explores three very different types of relationship. Like you've got that childhood love that you kind of fantasize about and kind of build up in your mind and then it's disappointing and not what you thought it was. And then you've got like casual sex partner who you kind of develop feelings for, but it's just not right because you guys have your own stuff to take care of. And I feel like there's definitely toxic things about Nathaniel and Rebecca, like, hello, they, they tried to kill the Lolo. Like they're not necessarily good people together. Uh, but I think their relationship is more mature in that um, I feel like they fall deeply for each other more than the other two. But also they were, they were not so secretly banging for eight months. Which is not okay. Like there are toxic elements to all her relationships, but like maybe it's just Rachel and Scott, but they just have such great chemistry. And I love Strip Away My Conscience. This is the song that I want to sing every time I go to a bar and I'm attracted to a skeezy finance bro who simultaneously turns me on and disgusts me. I like that you wrote that down because to me, I see you reading it. <laughs> I see. I saw you read it. The I had, And I have to call I feel you out seen. on this. <laughs> I feel seen. I didn't want to mess that up, but that is what I think of when I see a finance bro and I'm like, oh, he's so gross. I also want to suck his dick. Like that's that's the song I would sing if it was if that's how we seduce people in real life. But that's not how, how I'd start doing jazz hands and they'd be like, are you having a seizure? And I'd be, I did not write that down. Um, that's funny. But that brings me to nothing is ever anyone's fault. And I yeah. don't understand. This song makes me emotional, even though they are singing horrible things. I don't know if it's the chord progression. I don't know if it's because I'm simping for Rebecca and Nathaniel. I don't know if it's because I don't want to accept responsibility for my actions. But this is a perfect villain, villain origin duet. And at the end of the day, even though it's messy, like they do establish that they love each other. And I mean, like I said, Josh was a dream. Greg was an anger bang. I think her feelings for Nathaniel go deeper than that. And it's not healthy, clearly, based on what they're singing. But there's something sweet about it, too. And again, maybe that's just the actors having really good chemistry. But I I love this song and I would love to sing it with someone if anybody ever wants to sing this song with me, because I think it'd be a lot of fun. Um, There's two other songs I want to talk about really quickly if you're okay with it. Okay. I just love the songs in this season. Um, <laughs> Scary Scary Sexy Lady is a song that I didn't appreciate for what it was until I rewatched it because there's so much going on um, in terms of like the credit sequence that I was not paying attention to the lyrics. But she says the lines wearing high heels and a short skirt made of murder. And then the last line in the song is, she's here to chop your penis off. And it's See, like, and I really liked that it was like a Bond intro, this song. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's how they filmed it. And I, I was just like, you know what? That's pretty interesting that it's a Bond intro going into the 90s thriller that we talked about. And then I was like so overwhelmed by what was going on in the credits that I did not pay attention to the lyrics when I was watching it, but it's hilarious. Cause like the credits, it's mostly like written by Rebecca Bunch, directed by Rebecca yes. Bunch. But then there was, or not written, written, cause it says written by Josh Chan because he's responsible for all this. And then it says costumes by whoever does Rihanna because OMG. Director of photography is the guy who did Fatal Attraction. And then there's like little foreshadowing details. Like they show the Ferris wheel and that she's going to go to the carnival with Lourdes. And then the gas tank, which is like because she's going to fuck Greg's dad and he's attached to like an oxygen tank. And I'm like, they really did think of everything in this intro. It's got so much. It's like that, uh, that Stefan segment on SNL. It's like, this song has everything gas tanks the guy who did fatal attraction rihanna like it's it's all it's all there and it's it's super goofy and i love it and And then then, what's the last one a diagnosis is my all-time favorite crazy ex-girlfriend song like let's generalize about men probably has the most plays on my playlist because i like to get angry on the elliptical and that helps but a diagnosis is my favorite crazy ex song of all time because it makes me feel seen 
I still get emotional when I listen to it. I cried this morning when I was writing notes <laughs> when I was listening to it. Um, it I was going to say, it's really interesting because like, it's not a fun, funny song. Really. No. I mean, you've got your little bits, like the voices saying, you're super cool, Rebecca. Or, but, or like, like the one homeopathic doctor like hits her with, her with feathers yeah. yeah like that that's that's okay and funny but like it overall it's it's a very serious song and it's very interesting because i feel like this is the only really the only one that is this serious in term lyrically it might be the most serious but i i just I love it i don't know i, I also binge the i also binge the entire series so things are melting together right now so i don't I, I'm going to be bold and say that, but I'm probably also wrong. It's, there's a line where she says, I'm aware mental illness is stigmatized, but the stigma is worth it if I realize who I'm meant to be armed with my diagnosis. And like, I don't have tattoos, but like, that is one That's I a would lot. consider. <laughs> I mean, it might be short. I don't, nah, nah, I did the whole thing. What am I saying? Um, Make it a obviously. <laughs> <laughs> just a sleeve, Make a sleeve tattoo. A tattoo yeah obviously a diagnosis is not a solution as we saw because you have work to do mm -hmm. and it can sometimes cause more pain initially before you start to get better but at least having a way to pinpoint what's up is a step in the right direction and i just like to anyone who's ever struggled with their mental health and like just longed to find out exactly what's going on and how to get better this is your song. And also and... What's, what's interesting about it is that it's filmed so brightly. Yeah. Like, it's that spoonful of sugar that makes the medicine go down. Cause it's like, we need to add some lighter elements to make this digestible. But also it's like a subtle way for the audience to be like, we're going back and they're like, it's, it's going to be good. We're going to be good. Everything's going to. It's that help button that turns to hope on the yes. plane. Yes. And. I will be singing this if we do another live show. Like, awesome. I, there's no questions. I will sing this. For well, you. Let's, <laughs> let's get into Sharp and Flat, shall we? Yay! Sharp! Flat! So in this section, we're going to highlight some moments, whether or not we talked about it. If we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it or thought it could change, it's flat. And I'm not going to lie, and I, keep gonna, and I keep saying this, it's darn hard to find flats with this show. Because... Everything that is flat worthy is on purpose and they also yes. make comments about it. But I found two. Do we want to flat first? And I'm gonna go I'm gonna go flat first, yes. Okay. So my first flat is Rebecca lying to Paula that the case won't work because her paperwork isn't professional. Uh, yeah, I don't like the gaslighting. Yeah. We didn't really talk about that, but like I mean uh, Paula is trying to like what I don't remember when this happens though I think that might be in a different season <laughs> no or no no no. that's when they're trying to build a case against Nathan yes yes yeah, yeah yeah so this is clearly like after the diagnosis uh this is when she's trying to again seek revenge on somebody mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. I didn't like I yeah it's the get the gaslighting sort of gatekeeping in a way but also like I, it's just another highlight of like Rebecca lying to mm -hmm, save mm -hmm. face she does that and she do is, be and, like that and this is one that like she doesn't own up to I feel like like she owns up to a lot of lot of things but this is the one that, one of them that she doesn't really it might have been on her list and they just didn't touch on it because they picked a different lie that was more upsetting for her well wait until you hear my second flat because it really upsets me uh my other flat is that the end of the movie not being available on itunes that's one of my flats okay 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 wait you talk first because you just brought it up as it's been established on the podcast i do download the soundtracks absolutely this is the this is one of the shows where I downloaded them as the episode came out. So I bought them and everything. And I was very surprised. I don't know why, though. I never found a reason why it's not available. Do you well, know? 
I don't know, but what I said was, I give a flat to Josh Groban for not being on iTunes singing the end of the movie. I know that sometimes, I won't name names, on this show, people have to leave to do a Broadway show. But Sweeney Todd wasn't even in progress at the time, so what is your excuse, Josh Groban? Was this Good Comet? No, I think okay. he was done with Great Comet by then. But, like, I, on, I genuinely don't know, like, why they didn't. But if you do download the soundtrack, Adam Schlesinger is singing the song. And I know okay. it's not Josh Groban, but, like, well, because I've, it's Adam, it makes me emotional. I didn't download the season three volume, whatever, whatever it's called. You should. But I, I, like I said, I would go episode by episode and download yeah. them. And it wasn't even a, not available on there. Roar! Uh, what are your flats? What are, what are your other flats? If you have any other so, ones. I had to get creative with my flats because they're not real. <laughs> but I guess I'm going to flat you for not shooting in Buffalo. Like, I got really excited that Paula was from Buffalo. And then they did a shot of Shays and, like, a shot of the skyline. And it's probably stock footage that they found on Google. And I was like, I want them to be at Jim's Stakeout, damn it. Like... Why okay, are you not well, there? But again, a stretch. Like, Do you think they're a, really in West Covina? They did film some stuff in West Covina. It's yeah, mostly I, in LA. But yeah. they did. I looked it up because I'm like, well, you traveled to West Covina. And they really didn't. Like, and the New York scenes in the very first seasons are not in New York. Yes. So, I mean, yes. again, a stretch. Because, like, it's so hard to find actual flats for this show. Um... So I said huge stretch, but getting therapy, especially if you have a specific diagnosis, is not as easy as the show makes it out to be at times. I think for the purposes of the show, I'm glad that Rebecca was able to get therapy and that Dr. Okopian was there for her, but that's not always the case, unfortunately. But again, that's like a stretch because mm -hmm. it's, it it's not a real flat. Yeah, and like, I mean... Like I like I said, everything that they do, I would be like, oh, this is a little weird, or oh, we could have done this a little differently. It's done on purpose. There is yeah. Oh yeah. So there's a purpose to everything. Fuck you. I also, I have a natural that is an offshoot. Of you have a natural. That yeah, because like. Hold on, let me do the natural intro. So every once in a while. We have what's called a natural. It's neither a sharp nor a flat, but like we still want to talk about it. I don't have one, but since you're the one that has one, what is it? I said I don't want to flat Rebecca's friends for being kind and understanding because that doesn't like make any sense. And I don't want to flat people in my life for not being understanding because we are all humans and we have a right to set boundaries and unfortunately sometimes even cut ties. But I did want to bring attention to the fact that Rebecca's friends took her digs very, very well. Like the episode where she just like shat mm. on all of them. They yes. took it very, very well and they were very supportive. And I don't think that's a bad thing, which is why I didn't flat it. But I did want to bring it up because unfortunately that's not always the case. So if anybody watching that is gets like mad and is like, well, people aren't like that. It's like, that's yeah, it's not always. It's one example. Like sometimes you don't have a good support system or sometimes you do but you cross a line and people have a right to be like i'm sorry we can't be friends anymore so i don't know wasn't really a flat but it, it i felt like it needed to be you're mentioned. right no you're right because in a very realistic episode it didn't show a realistic response mm -hmm. to it where like you know obviously they were all they all took in what she said the hurtful things that she said and all reacted in a way but then mm -hmm. paula wanted to run after her because you know Re rebecca's her cookie and mm -hmm. heather's sitting but i feel like heather is the only one that's really grounded being like yeah. no she needs to come to us don't go to her because this is just her lashing out so mm -hmm. i feel like that's like really the only realistic response out of all of them mm -hmm. Instead of them forgiving, because like they've, oh God, they forgive her so fast. They forgive her so easily. And I'm like, I mean, that's great if people do that, but that is not what I'm but I, <laughs> But I think this is a moment where it's like, we have to separate the reality from the show because they needed the show to continue on. And mm -hmm. so like, yes, there is like, 
the next episode or two episodes later after she when it when they catch up from the uh theme song to her being in the bathroom and valencia freaks out thinking that she's committing suicide again like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's a thing it it happens so i don't know what i'm saying i want to go to sharps though unless you have another natural that's it okay so um besides loving heather because she's always the sharp. She's Love the sharp. She is the sharp. I am specifically sharping Heather doing choreography in the moment as me. Yes. But her face is dead. But well, and, and so she's marking it, quote unquote. Yeah. But like, yeah. that's her choreography. So I'm just like, this must It's so been, good. This must have been so hard because you're like, oh, okay. Now I have to look bored while singing an uplifting musical theater number. <laughs> Um, I also sharped when episode four, Josh's ex-girlfriend is crazy, turns into a thriller horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, on the same vein, Josh Groban's entrance is a sharp. Just I love him. not not when he starts singing, when he is visible on screen and screlts his name. Yeah, it's me, Josh Groban. Um, I also I know we talked about the miracle of birth and like how um we it's i don't know how i feel about it i'm i don't i'm not flatting it i don't want to natural it but like (laughs) i do want to sharp the asides in it like the the one that i baby yes the other one is you're a goddess like (laughs) like those are so good those are moments where i was just like (laughs) donalyn chaplin 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 I, sh- I should know. Ba, 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 Dr. No Vagina. She has these, the, those are moments that you're like, you're having fun. Oh, yeah. Because she has kids. So she, so it's, mm-hmm. it's I guess, I, I wonder if she helped writing this song because she has kids. Now that I think about it. You should that, look it up. Because at the time, well, no, because all of them are, are um, credited to Rachel and Adam. Um, and Jack. And Jack, well, yeah, but I, I didn't mention him. God damn it. I'm sorry. Sorry, Jack. It's um, okay. You're mentioning him now. He's there. Uh, and then there's specific performances I want to sharp. I want to sharp. Let's generalize about men. The moment is me. The first penis I saw. Maybe she's not, not a, uh, maybe she's not a heinous bitch after all. Mm-hmm. When they do the black and white doo-wop 60s group girl group i was just like living for it um buttload of cats even though i love fuck ton of cats personally buttload of oh, cats yeah. is still hilarious and then this is my movement those performances are all sharp really to me i mean oh and fit hot guys have problems too because it's mm. so it's so good they're so hot but their ugly cries are all so ugly and it's hilarious but like they're also so funny they're, they, yeah, they're making fun of themselves, and they're like, and it's great that they're in on the joke, and that it's they get, they understood the assignment. Yeah, uh, what were your sharps? So I have uh, plot specific sharps, and then song specific sharps. Go for it. So sharp Heather, that's it, that's it, that's the tweet. It, she's my favorite. Sharp for Heather. Uh, sharp to how Nathaniel <laughs> covers his butt. When Rebecca says, I want to watch those pants move. And he like scurries away and like covers his butt. Like, I hope she's not watching my pants move. <laughs> um, which I don't know if that was a direction or if that was Scott Michael Foster, but it was hilarious. And it, it, it's these little details too that make this show what it is. And I love it. Um, sharp to body inclusivity with the cast. And I did that for knowing season... how to dress people. I did that for season one as well because like, yes. it's even the one dancer that has a line mm-hmm. or whatever you know any uh, uh, they they have all all the shapes all the all the ethnicities all the heights all the ages all the this all the that so it's so inclusive the show which is yes which i mean I know we're talking about the mental health and like how that sure. that's very groundbreaking for the show, but I feel like in terms of musical shows, 
fuck it. In terms of shows, this is the shows. most exclusive one. And also calling out that toxicity and like uh, Rebecca being like, oh no, the panties you gave me sliced my muffin top into a hamburger bun. Like, and being <laughs> like, yeah, that's that's not like stop telling women to wear these things that are not flattering for our bodies, no matter what you look like. Like, it's gross. Um, I The show gives me hope as a curvy female that I can look sexy because there are so many sexy curvy ladies on this show and I love that. I mean, um, R- uh, Rachel is Rachel's in so her sexy. underwear a lot. And she's sexy. It's kind of it's kind of like Alina Dunham in a way for girl like it, I think she's sexier than Lena. No, so but I mean Lena. I mean like the way that she's just like no, this is my body. This is I'm not changing it and you are going to watch it, fuckers. Like, yeah. But in a comedic way <laughs> in a, in a Lena lighter is way? sexy too i didn't mean to like no yes 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 but like you, you know what i mean like the, i i haven't watched girls so i can't really talk more about that but i i know that lena dunham is down to her underwear slash naked a lot what so. i feel like in in girls it's more like yeah i'm i'm naked what are you gonna do about it in a in a gritty sense mm-hmm. uh not unlike sexy getting ready song in season one when she's in the bathroom yes so like that i can see but i'm i meant more along the lines of like rebecca's in her underwear looking very sexy boobs like and it's all the boobs it's not, <laughs> i can relate i can relate uh sharpton nathaniel and rebecca's chemistry we've mm-hmm. talked about that holy shit um sharp too like i do appreciate that they didn't take an opportunity to shit on religion because they totally could have um and i'm like not religious myself but i did like that the focus is on josh's bad decisions rather than how christianity is like bad or something like they were like no josh is doing this because he's running away from his problems and not dealing with him and i like that father bra is this recurring character who is a good representation of somebody who's religious because it's it's not gross or toxic or like gaslighty or culty or creepy he's like yeah i'm a supportive friend and i'm here for you and this is my religion but like i'm gonna give you advice as a friend and i'm not preaching at you and i think that that's cool and what and to piggyback off of your sharp because i agree with you on this father bra is also again a rounded person he's not just a priest Mm-hmm. Like we see him at the poker game, we see him play basketball uh, with yeah. people. We see him like do other things outside of his priestly duties. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I really I do appreciate that. I mean, granted, they do that for him because he is like a respected member of the community in a high re- as a as a religious post or whatever you want to call it. But like otherwise he he has other things on his mind besides jesus yes yeah like he's a well-rounded person and he's yeah. not one note um sharping the entire josh's ex-girlfriend is crazy episode with the like we talked about the horror tropes yes um the details when he abandons her and leaves her alone and says leave me alone it zooms out and there is a butter billboard in the background like you know the butter ads she sees in the first that season, first season that's yes. like are you happy or like when was the last time you were happy there's a butter ad but it says butter can't save you now I didn't and i'm like that. oh the detail i had to rewind it because i was like what is happening but like every little detail in that episode is perfect and then like the credits like both the opening credits and the credits yes. at the very end are like she's like Craft services, carb services, carb services, cookies, carb services, crackers, cheese services, brie services. Like, you could tell that whoever was writing this was just, like, dicking around. And it's like, I wonder if anybody's going to pay attention to this. And I so did. And it was really funny. Um, Shark to Hector for being the most non-toxic man on the show and being a supportive boyfriend to Heather, even though she's deciding to carry someone's baby. And when she tries to back out of it, he goes, no, Heather, you decided this. You're going to go through with this. I'm not going to let you do that because I know that this is bad and you need to be accountable for your thing. You can't quit like you always do. And I I like that. I think they're a good match. And like she grounds the show, but he grounds her. 
Yes. So I think that that's really great. Um, sharp to Lourdes for just being hilarious. Oh my god, her song like, too. Yes. Oh my, Amy Hill is comedy gold. I love yeah. her so much. Um, sharp to obviously Rachel Bloom. Uh, just period. She's an incredible actress. Uh, Rebecca Bunch's overarching circumstances could be completely batshit, but she still makes me believe her and feel for her when she is having a breakdown. She is an expert in grounding a situation in truth. And uh, she's a brilliant writer, brilliant actor, brilliant director, like brilliant everything. Rachel, if you're listening, you signed my birth control and I have mad respect for you. And I would love to be in a writer's room with you someday. Um, and then, I was, I was wondering if you're going to bring that, that story up. Sharp to Danny Jollis for being hilarious as George. Uh-huh. And he has this little song that he sings when he's making coffee that I sing when I make coffee. And it goes, Coffee time for George, time for George's coffee, a little time just for George. He's going to make himself a cup, he's going to drink it up, and then she cuts him off. But there's an outtake of that scene where he's just, I think this is just an improv thing, and they pick the cut that they like the best, and he's singing an alternate version of the song where he goes, It's the George's getting coffee song, the George's getting coffee song. I pour in some sugar, I pour in some milk, I don't know my real dad. And you just hear Rachel die in the background. Like Wait, she where starts, is this? It's an outtake. Like just type in George is getting coffee song. And he goes, Oh hey Rebecca. Like he stays in character and she's just dead. Like she has died. Her soul left her body in that moment because it was funny and she wasn't expecting it. Um, and then sharps that are related to songs. Uh, I want to sharp all the songs, but that will bleed into my life's playlist. But truly, execution on all of these. A plus. Uh, sharp to the effortless ability to put choke on your cocksuredness into strip away my conscience and have it make sense. The writing is so good. Um, sharps to all the backup dancers. Like, there are no wasted characters, including backup dancers. Everybody is giving. And some of these dancers, you never see them again. But their moment is their moment. Like, they are selling. Like, those two women in First Penis, hilarious. Oh, my God, yes. Hilarious. Um, And then my last sharp two songs is Trent being a boy in love. I was babysitting when this episode first aired and I had to stifle my cackles because I did not want to wake up the kid. Oh my God. Um, Paul Welsh. So good. uh, What songs would you add to your life's playlist? You said you gave a top five, right? Yeah. So all of them and they all (laughs) are on my playlist. But if I had to distill it down to my five favorites from Uh this season, uh, a diagnosis is number one. Let's generalize about men is number two. Nothing is ever anyone's fault is number three. First penis I saw is number four. And you can't have the list without fit hot guys have problems too. So now, those are my are those, top five. Are those in order or are they not in order of like That's in order. Oh okay. that could change tomorrow, but today that's <laughs> as right. of this recording, it's that. Yeah. Um I wrote down let's generalize about men. The moment is me. Maybe she's not such a heinous bitch after all. Wait, is it? Maybe she's not such a, or is it? Yeah, maybe she's not. Okay. Oh. Uh, a diagnosis. Uh, first penis I saw. Fit hot guys have problems too. The session's going to be different. And buttload of cats, but the uncensored version, even though it's not in the scene. Well, uh, it's a little weird because I don't. They. I will always go for explicit over yeah cw unless it's i'm so good at yoga because there's something about i can kiss my own hoo-ha that makes me laugh uh but i think i think i'm gonna break my own rule and just yeah mention the say the uncensored one because like i mean it's available they they filmed it it's just not in the episode so yeah uh but ashley we did it kind of we did it We, we missed a lot but we weren't going to cover everything. 
Um, you would need a whole series. Yeah, and we don't do that here. So we just... There's too many we, other entities to cover. Let's generalize this about show. About shows. Let's generalize this show. About shows. <laughs> Let's uh, take one plot line and then just turn <laughs> But what do you have to plug or promote? Honestly, I know this is for like plugging and promoting work, but I'm going to use this opportunity because it is a mental health TV show to, again, plug and promote your mental health. It is okay to not feel okay. And it is okay to ask for help. Please do ask people for help. It's not bad. It's okay to admit that you have a problem because like Heather says, you have to realize that yourself yeah, before um, you can get help. I want to, I want to, uh, super plug, um, the, the number that, uh, Elnardo mentioned last episode, nine, eight, eight, which is for, uh, if you, or if somebody, you know, is going through like having suicidal thoughts or suicidal tendencies, call, reach out to anybody. Um, I agree with you. Everyone should be in therapy. Hello, Mirror. How are you doing? Hi, Mirror, that I'm looking into. Everyone should be in therapy. Hi. Uh, Hi. There is no Mirror. Uh, <laughs> the Mirror is me. You're right. The Mirror is you. Um, I don't know what to call out. So if you just want to write to me about the show, you can email me at buttersongpod at gmail.com. Also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at buttersongpod. We had some questions that weren't really answered this th- for this season. So if you go back and take note of them, feel free to reach out to me to answer them because I don't know things. And y'all guessed it. If you want to be part of the next episode's conversation, we're going to be doing season four of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Meet Rebecca. Yes. Uh, Ashley, thank you so much for popping by for this one. Uh, Thank we you for will, having me. We will see you soon, or real soon. Who knows? And bye, bye. for now, everyone. See ya. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to Castbox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day. Crazy Girlfriend.